Hello, I'm Martijn Gaat and this is Does Logistics Matter? A podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today is Oscar Morales, co-founder of Sifty. In this episode, we talk about global supply chain challenges and their impact on customs operations, how small errors in data entry can have large consequences, how digitalization and automation can increase the effectiveness and efficiency of customs brokers, and how ecosystems of data combined with the right technology will further enhance the capabilities of customs brokers. Hi, Oscar. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Martin. It's a pleasure. Um, the first question uh, uh, on this show, obviously, is always, does logistics matter? Of course, yes. Short answer is yes. Long answer or a longer version of that is, do you care about 50% of the gross domestic product of the world, which is mm. trade? So, yeah. Um, how did you yourself end up uh, working in the logistics industry? Well, when I was a teen still, you have to make one of these big decisions of your life, which is what do you want to hmm. study in university, right? What's what's your future going to be like? And I, yeah. back then, I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to see uh, places and know people from different cultures. And the o- only major mm-hmm. that related me to that was international business and trade because it said international. So... That's that's why I got into it. Um, <laughs> it might sound silly, and I tried I I tried to pull out of it um, a couple of years back, in about four or five years ago. But then my past reconnected with me in, in the logistics and international trade, so I back into it. I, I yeah, I once w- once the uh, uh, the industry grabs you, it's uh, it's it's hard to let go. At least that's um, uh, that's my uh, feeling. I think. A lot of people, uh, you know, if you ask little kids what they want to be, they want to be an astronaut or or they want to be um, a doctor or they want to be uh, a lawyer. Um, uh, not many, not many mention anything uh, in in logistics. Yeah, uh, and it's one of the and it's one of the most exciting uh, uh, industries uh, uh, to work in, industry and supply chain. And especially, I guess, um, looking at um, uh, recent developments. I mean, so supply chains have gone through quite the, um, how should I say this? Well, let's call it an interesting uh, uh, period, right? Yeah, yeah, it was quite exciting. I think the pandemic got us in a, in a health awareness for everyone. But it also got the industry, the international trade industry, very aware of uh, difficulties. Uh, well, yeah, I mean the 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 factory of the world uh, grinded to a halt, and uh, a, a huge uh, a delays. Um, uh, then, when everything started again, we had uh, a lot of congestions uh, at at ports. I mean, supply chains were, um, yeah, were were well. Everybody was scrambling to uh, to get back on uh, uh, to get back on track. Um, and so, what what? What would you say are um, uh, key elements in, in an industry that, um, uh, uh, that that struggles with these kinds of challenges? How how uh, uh, yeah? How does the industry? Uh, what does the industry uh, need to um, effectively uh, overcome these challenges? Right. Um, the short answer is technology. Right. In either hardware, software, or mm. a combination yeah. of both. 
the industry in general, supply mm -hmm. chain, international logistics, I, I believe it has been a bit forgotten by high tech advances for a very long time. I mean, the, and don't get me wrong, the, the appearance of containers and new fuels, barcodes, ERP systems, that's all good. And it, it has helped international yeah. trade becoming better, more efficient, uh, cheaper as well. But still, there's there's a long road to go when when you see how these bottlenecks appear all of a sudden. And, and I remember the story I read about a year ago about the the long wait of container ships in, at, at a port in, in the U.S., Long Beach port, which were about yeah. months, months of containers piled back uh, because they didn't have the human capacity to offload them. So the whole industry yeah. just turned their eyes into how, how do we fix the bottleneck that it's so huge and we didn't know, we didn't realize it until, until it hits you in the face, right? Um, so technology, software, yeah. hardware, it is, it is the answer. And now the investment into these new technologies that are combining machine learning, artificial intelligence, data science, with machinery, with smart um, hardware, IoT, and all of these things are resurfacing now to focus on an industry that is not only in in, in a hurry to get um, to get to get all this high tech, but also it's a huge market. If if you think about it, uh, and I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's about depending on the source, but it's around fifty or sixty percent of the world's GDP. That's international trade. Yeah, and it's it's fragmented. It's huge. It's it's highly fragmented. There are a lot of players. There are a lot of hands touching everything that we buy from overseas. Um, I believe there's about eighty to ninety percent of the things that surround us right now. They're not from the country where you live, so they're sourced somewhere. They're mm -hmm. manufactured somewhere else, and and you're consuming it. So, I I guess what I'm trying to say is that. We're not. We're now figuring out the volume of market share that there is, the opportunity, and mm -hmm. and and how technology can improve and make it better, not only for 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 the final user, but even for the stakeholders within the supply chain. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing people are both the um, uh, the enabler. Uh, and also the limiting factor when it comes to supply chains. I mean, they are an enabler in the sense that um, everybody wants wants everything from everywhere. So, uh, right. so that means they are the enabler because they're they're buying the stuff, and so people need to produce it and they need to ship it across the world. So the people are the enabler, but people are also um, uh, on the other side. The hand, the the the, the uh, what was the word I was using? Um, well, part of the, the the problem because there's just simply not enough people working in logistics, um, and yeah. it's uh, it's the off offloading of the ship, um, it's uh, the truck drivers that need to container that need to get the containers uh, out of the uh, out of the port, um, but also in in recent what we've seen in recent years, for example, with the Brexit, uh, with the, the 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 UK leaving the European Union. Um, there was a huge uh, shortage of uh, customs personnel as well. Right. Um, uh, so, so, and I guess what you are saying is that where technology uh, can help is by uh, partly solving this uh, shortage of people problem. 
Right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, develop this idea into three components. So the first one, and I, and we believe it's the yeah. most important of the company. It's the human component working with efficient software. If a company that builds a machine learning and AI solution and sells it to mm-hmm. a B2B solution, software as a service in the cloud and all these fancy words. But at the end, it yes. doesn't really make more efficient the operation. That's not really working. So if the human needs to mm-hmm. take more steps than it used to take before to make it work, or it just changed the platform that sounds better or gives, a, a, a let's say, a, a fancy graphic at the end, that's not really working. What, you, what we're trying to figure out is how to make a human work faster, more efficient, and, and increase the throughput yeah. of merchandise throughout the supply chain. The second one is talking about the supply chain itself. Um, and, and I'm talking about the international supply chain from the producer to the user in different countries, right? Um, mm-hmm. We believe that all efficiencies, investments made in technology throughout the supply chain, the international supply chain can be lost with a single human or computer error at customs. So let's 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 think about it. Digit, you forgot to add a zero in at, at the in, the, in yeah. the middle number of your commercial invoice that you digitized or re- had to retype for your customs yeah. declaration. Yeah. That's it. Your consignment it's immediately stopped. It has to be checked. In best case scenario, that's going to be a delay of eight hours. Worst case scenario, it's weeks. Yes. Right. And 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 that hurts yeah. the, the local market. That hurts the final consumer. That hurts the whole economy because that delay costs money. Every minute spent in a customs area, it's it's getting charged to the final um, to the final buyer. So everything becomes more expensive and things are more complicated. Um, and I th- I believe customs have been this black box, right? And, and and I believe we have spoken a bit yeah. um, out, outside of this conversation about how customs have been obscure for the market. And it's 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 not the fault of brokers or the authorities, it's just the way it has been. It's better for them to act yeah. as swift as possible in, on behalf of the private sector. But it is time for them mm-hmm. to get an upgrade as well, to get a technology upgrade. And 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 this is relating to the data sharing and how data should connect everything. The more data available for companies like ours, the better solutions we can provide to make international trade more efficient. Yes, so, so the, the, the part of international trade that obviously involves uh, customs, uh, if I hear you correctly, uh, currently has a, um, how do I say this, a, a quite larger component of uh, manual uh, data entry, so to say, than, than necessary. Exactly. Um, so every international trade operation has two sides, right? An export and an import. And it has a economical background yeah. behind it, which is the balance of payments. Countries like to export because that means you're selling and countries don't really like to import because that means you're buying, yeah. right? And it doesn't look uh, very well in the, yeah. in the <laughs> country's balance sheet. But still, that um, that means that regulations at exports are, are are a bit softer 
it's easier to export something than importing something. And that creates an unbalance yeah. with how yeah. the data is shared and, and the quality of it. Because if export is easier, you don't really care how much about what type of information you present because it's going to go through. It's going to leave the country because you're selling. But at import, where regulations are higher, yeah. where you need to really pay attention, you have hordes of people mm -hmm. working in, in, in tons of documents, digitizing or follow them up and creating these digital folders or even physical binders of information that they have to present to the authority in some countries yeah which is which is crazy thinking yeah. about today's age and 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 we're still using a lot of paper to trace back where the merchandise is coming from and how to handle it the idea now is how can we transform all that raw data into information that it's useful before the shipment arrives because we have time i mean most of the trade is done by sea right we have yes enough yeah. so time gives us two weeks prepare. right right i mean in the worst case scenario at least yeah. days but even two hours should be enough to prepare yourself as a customs broker to have all documentation ready pre-verified reviewed and just to present it when the merchandise is there to get it to get it uh, across the border. So 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 how so how do these customs brokers work now, and uh, how uh, do you believe uh, should they be working? Right. So there are some systems that are helping them trace documents uh, from origin to um, yeah. to 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 their actual point of the supply chain. And, and the systems are really good at putting back all the different documentation that they need to prepare for. However, there is yeah. an essential document in every country that is different uh, or, or every market, because the European Union is a single market, right? Which is called a customs declaration. Yes. Even within the European Union, a customs declaration is not the same in Spain as it is in the Netherlands or in Germany. And it's now that... Brexit happened, mm. the UK has a new form of customs declaration. And while the variables, yep. the data is the same, because you're, you're dealing with a, a commercial invoice, a bill of lading, um, an insurance payment, a truck's invoice. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are, these are the same data points. The way you put them and present them to the authority yeah. changes a lot. So... Customs brokers are agencies that are experts in, in dealing with how this information changes and how the government up updates have to be inputted into this new, um, in, into customs operations. And the way they do it right now, it's a lot of manual work, like you said mm -hmm. before. So they receive all these documents, um, either have it in digital form or printed, and then they start filling out a customs declaration which is a tiresome, long process, especially if you think about that a lot of this merchandise, it's, it's, uh, it's the same. It crosses the border over and over the same week. Yeah. Let's say if, if you're thinking about fruits and vegetables, perishables, clothing, even, even some leisure items like video yeah. games yeah. and stuff like that, it's the same item crossing the border in a periodical basis. And still, while some operations have been automated, 
most of the work at customs has to be manually inspected and has to be redone every time a new transaction appears. Now, I am not talking about big companies, right? Because big companies have their uh, their end-to-end integration and, and that makes it easy for them. Yes. But that's only about, what, 30, 40% of the trade? You have a big chunk of operations that mm-hmm. have to go to be done manually. So um, these are the operations that hold back international trade and sometimes can increase the price and the cost of things. Yeah, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the, the people doing a lot of this um, manual data entry uh, in these customs brokers off- uh, offices are are not your um, uh, l- like unskilled data entry clerks that just have learned to, uh, you put this information there, you put this information there. These are actually um, highly skilled and trained uh, customs declarants with a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge um, wasting away their time on, on inputting data, right? Well, you have both. You have, you have these very experienced people at the top of teams of, of, of uh, entry-level clerks, customs uh-huh. clerks that are learning their path towards it. But then for, for every, let's say for every manager, you must have about 10 to mm-hmm. 15 uh, new entrants to the industry that are learning. And, but still, yeah. if you have a team of 15 people working towards preparing two, three declarations a day, it is insane. And, and I'm talking about declarations, uh, large customs declarations with large invoices. Imagine a container with four to 500 mm-hmm. different items within like, the same container, different categories, different descriptions, different prices, different commodity codes, different everything, right? So they have to sift through all of this data manually and they have to go to the manager and ask questions. Yes. And, and, and the, the idea at SIFTI what we do as a company is how how can we ease this bottleneck and streamline the process so that the next time they see a repetitive consignment, they can do it in under 20 minutes rather than two, three hours with a team, just one person. One person review the information. Like you say, they get experience from these transactions. So mm-hmm. our, our company aims for that, how to, uh, how to ease these repetitive, low cognitive activities, because you said it, maybe their time is being wasted. And this needs needs to be a a swift process, very, very fast, easy, because you know what's coming, you know that you've done it before, perhaps you you can't remember it freshly because as humans, our brain is not, it's not made to, to recognize patterns quickly. Our brain is to, to, anal- to analyze complex mm-hmm. situations and create conclusions and to give advice. But computers are really good at, at, at recognizing patterns. So that's why this human and computer element at safety is very important. So can you give an, uh, so can, can you give an example? Uh, sure. So like an example case of a ship coming from China and what, exactly. what, what so for so what what kind of shipment what what kind of reasoning with with the cost so where where's the where's the the the, the gain in efficiency can, can you describe what happens right um let's think about let's think about that example from China uh, a container with 500 yeah. different 
decoration, home decoration and furniture things in it. And and, and the customer yeah. in the UK wants to put that in several shops around the country and it's importing it from, from one company in China. Yeah. So um, the buyer in the UK mm -hmm. hires a customs broker and the customs broker receives a ton of documents and one of them is a commercial invoice. The commercial invoice has a yes. five pages, 400 items, different descriptions. And the, the invoice, original invoice only has yep. a description, a quantity, a price. That's it. So first step is for customs yep. broker to identify what is the commodity code for each one of those uh, items. Some of them will be repetitive, some of them will be different, but that depends yep. on the content of the item, right? Once they've done that, they can't put the same description as it is in the invoice because that's not what the authority wants to read. So they need to find, even if even if it's in English, if, even yeah. if it's in the same language, right? They need to think about the last transaction, the similar transaction that they did with a similar commodity and mm -hmm. put the description that the authority read and approved. Because that's the easy way. That's the easy way to get something through. Because I've done it before. It was well done. It was authorized. Taxes were paid. Things were um, things were declared in, in the correct way. So let's do it again the same way. And that's yeah. a part that takes a lot of time. It could take about 10 to 20 minutes for every item. Now, safety, on the other hand, wow. does yeah. a pattern recognition of the description with perhaps a serial number, a part number, a combination of the data points that it's in the invoice and pulls back the mm -hmm. latest approved information that has been uploaded uh, as a feedback to the system to complete, to auto-complete um, that part of the customs declaration. So within five minutes uh -huh. in our system using safety, a customs worker can have a pre-filled customs declaration. The next 15 minutes, it's on their side, on their system to finalize um, filling up whatever re uh, legal requirements or changes need to be made. But we've gone through a process of retyping and researching information and remembering things to let the system analyze, let the system think ab about finding these patterns from for me, pre-fill the customs declaration, and then I will supervise the work of the computer. So the human, the, the clerk, the customs yes. clerk becomes a supervisor rather than a data entry expert which makes it better for their mm -hmm. I mean we're going to we're touching as well here in work environment they feel better at their jobs it's more efficient less stress they can go home early uh, or on time whenever they finish their their tasks they can process more yeah. invoices at within the same amount of time yeah and they can also um uh, make more use of their uh, knowledge and expertise uh, and add value to the process instead of simply keeping the process going is what uh, yeah which is where they make the most money right the customs broker will yeah will get a fixed yeah. amount of money for a, a, car, a container with 400 items or with one item they make the same amount of money mm -hmm. but their main what i believe 
should be their main business is this advice and consultancy job of of, of yeah. guiding companies and private uh, private entities through the process of commercializing internationally. So when you're talking about uh, digital transformation um, uh, and and uh, analyzing data uh, in a uh, customs environment in international trade, um, you're talking about looking at all the available data and then translating that into um, translating that into uh, the data in such a way as the specific uh, customs authority that you have to deal with. Right. Um, once it presented, I mean, some. So, what I guess what you're saying is, some, some, for some you need like uh, wooden table, four legs, uh, and and another needs table wood, uh, four legged table wood as a description. Right. right. While a human would say like, yeah, well, it's the same, right? It's That's just, exactly it, the same. It's a table. And then the customs authority says no, it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, precisely. That's the case, and we see we saw it uh, recently with one of the invoices that we we're um, handling from Spain to the UK, where uh, the company is based in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a three country operations, right? So the the, the company in the Netherlands sends an yeah, invoice yeah. in English to the customs broker in Spain and the customs broker in the UK. The invoice in English has all the descriptions yes. of vegetables, fruits and vegetables. And, and let's think about uh, bell peppers, sweet peppers, yeah, or green peppers, whatever you want to call them, yeah. because they're, they're the same thing, right? So we need to mm-hmm. translate that information yeah. into Spanish first for the export customs declaration. And it has to be precise in Spanish from Spain for what the authority wants to read. But then that customs declaration for yeah. export is useless when you want to do, uh, when you want to do the import side, because then you need the information in English. But bell peppers yeah. is not the best way to represent with the authority here in the UK. You need to present it as sweet peppers. Ah. So these these translations, uh-huh. that's what it's it's it takes so long. And I mean, customs brokers they have a myriad of of transactions every week. So they can't remember freshly unless you have one person working only for that operation. But it's that's not cost efficient. That is a waste of resources again. Mm-hmm. So then you have safety coming in, understanding the variations, because we know we're talking about an entity in the Netherlands that we know of, an entity in the UK and an entity in Spain that the three of them are engaging in international trade. In this mm-hmm. way, the system understands the pattern and knows how to translate each one of the phrases and the commodity codes to the correct one, depending on the, uh, the type of declaration that you're presenting. So an export declaration for Spain, an import declaration for the UK, a, a, a correct documentation for the transport, perhaps, if, if it's needed. So. All of these repetitive tasks, because I mean, this is a repetitive operation. It happens every two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. So before safety, the customs broker have to put a, a team of people analyzing these invoices and then kind of highlighting, um, because this is old school, right? They print the invoice, they highlight whatever items they need to group yeah. together. And then in a computer, they put the groups and they do the calculations and then they start filling in the customs operation. 
two hours, half past. Yeah. Safety does it in 10 minutes or five minutes. Um, and then the broker or the clerk needs to just analyze, see that everything goes well, and that's it. Send it over. Yeah. Um, are there are there other ways uh, that that customs brokers can um, uh, further digitize their 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 operations? Um, uh, additional to uh, automatically uh, analyzing documents and uh, generating uh, the 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 needed documents. There are other bottlenecks presented at customs brokers, which is a risk assessment for for certain type of merchandises. Right? They don't mm -hmm. really know the probability of a, a good to be reviewed by the authority or not until they see um, the material. Yeah. This means that they need to wait for the container for the shipment to arrive and open it and see what it actually is because the invoice doesn't really tell the whole story, especially if this is a new item they're processing. We have a second yeah. piece of software yeah. that is a risk assessment um, algorithm with a lot of, uh, well, it's a huge database of about 5 million past transactions of things that have crossed borders. Mm -hmm. So they're verified by the authority. And with that knowledge, we can tell the customs broker, you have this container with 500 items out of which perhaps a percentage of them will be reviewed by the authority. So you need to be aware of and perhaps separate them and create a separate customs declaration so that the bulk of, of the container can go smoothly without problems and don't even think about it and then focus your attention on this on this yep. uh, on these products it works very well for international parcels because that's also international trade in, in a different level if if you mm -hmm. if you imagine an operation of international parcels at an, at an airport it is a conveyor belt that it's usually overwhelmed with yeah, it's crazy. boxes. I mean, yeah. you, I'm pretty sure you're, you've seen it. The first time I saw it, I thought, and, and there were only two oh, yeah. people at the end of the conveyor belt getting each box out of it and mm -hmm. deciding what to do with it. It is insane. So this, our software at Sifty, Parcel yes. Sifter allows, yeah, yeah. allows the, the, the clerk or the authority to quickly analyze through throughout a complete manifest of things, 4,000, 5,000, whatever amount you want within within minutes, and, it, and make a split between the ones that you know they're low risk, so let them go and perhaps do a physical inspection, a paperwork inspection, something that goes very quickly. And then the rest, the, the, the 15, 20%, mm -hmm. just focus your attention on that. But if you have only 20% of the parcels to be to work on, that's no issues. That can be done very fast, very quickly. It goes smooth, and then you have eighty percent of the things gone. Yeah, interesting. So, uh, so, uh, uh, Oscar, if we would, so now I would, I'm going to ask you to uh, look forward, right? Right. Uh, I mean, you've um, uh, we've looked at uh, we've looked at um, uh, digital transfer, trans, uh, digital transformation uh, or digitalization. Uh, in international trade, uh, and then specifically related to uh, customs processes. So, um, if you would look five or ten years into the future, just um, uh, just pick up your crystal ball. The listeners can't see it, but just pick it up. Yeah. And what what's what what do you see in there 
for the ne- for the next five or ten years when it comes to uh, to further um, yeah further enhancement of global trade. Right. So we like you said we talk about digitization and how certain ports around the world are creating these ecosystems of of data. You you had a podcast with the authority of the port of Rotterdam, yeah. uh, where the insight was. We're putting yeah, together. Yeah, the port of Rotterdam is an ex- excellent example. We bring together all this infrastructure in the cloud so that you can have available data. But the main question is to do what, right? And the U.S. authority is doing the same, mm-hmm. building an infrastructure in the cloud with blockchain and security to have all this data. But again, to do what? And this is where companies like Safety come into play because we're able to gather all that data because yes. we understand it very well. We know how to how to work with it. Our team in the company, you know, they're expert data scientists and machine learning engineers, but also experts in logistics. So we understand how the data flows and how to accommodate it in a way that it's useful mm-hmm. for the people consuming it. So instead of just plugging into a pipeline of data, we we the future is that it's an ecosystem of data shared between ports. And let's take this example, Rotterdam and, and an US port, whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. Plugging it together, but then having a company like us coming in and say, well, with this data, I can create custom declarations with a simple, let's say three clicks for the companies that trade together between those two ports, because we have the data, it's there. We just need to pull it yeah. and rearrange it. Yeah. We can translate documents with ease because the data is there. We know even if it's in English, translation is necessary because we we, we spoke about it, right? That the information presented in yes. Rotterdam yeah. might not be the same in the US. So we need to translate that. We can make a risk assessment. We can codify goods really, really quick. We can uh, pre-verify transactions and, and give a risk assessment for even companies, not, it's not even merchandise, it's companies. So creating a, a trust environment between the trade of those of, of those two ports. Now, if you put that into a 10-year perspective, and here's the crystal ball, safety is designing the operating system of international trade, which is a, a, a high-level cloud sitting mm. above trade for companies and ports and authorities and whatever stakeholder wants to plug in into our services to consume the data, but not only as raw data, but to consume insights to to get information so that they can decrease the time um, of of processing each one of the transactions. And I'm going to make an emphasis again for customs brokers because of what we said at the beginning. We believe it's the highest mm-hmm. risk at this international supply chain. A single failure there, it's it's a huge delay, yeah. right? Second of all, they're human intensive. That's an immediate stop. Right, yeah. right. That's it. You, you, you kind of lose it, everything there. Second of all, you have a lot of humans working, a lot of people working at those companies. It's a, it's a human intensive uh, work. Yeah. Which pairs very well with our software because our software needs humans to, to supervise and to give input and to give feedback to it. So we work together in, in that ecosystem. And mm-hmm. finally, we we create these efficiencies in order for them to grow their bottom line. We want them to get more 
money for every transaction. We release time for them to do what we spoke about, consultancy and advice and mentoring and helping company grow through international trade. While we leave the mundane, low cognitive, repetitive task to a system that is trained to do that because that's what computers do best. Yeah, so you're creating a win-win situation. You're saying, yes, well, customers brokers make, make, make more money, but that's because they get uh, more efficient. Uh, on the other hand, this is really beneficial for the companies using customers brokers because the customers brokers are using their, their time and their resources to add value for their, uh, for their, uh, customer, uh, for their uh, customers. And then in the end, that, uh, that benefits global trade as a whole because global trade as a whole becomes more efficient. Right, right. Sounds like a sounds like a plan, uh, Oscar. Well, we're we're <laughs> yeah. we're on our way. We're building um, the the small. We're taking small steps. We recently got an award from Innovate UK. Um, it's it's a f innovation body in the United Kingdom to build the third solution of products mm -hmm. and then continue building our solution towards that future of connectivity, data, and efficiency. Well, congratulations on the award, and uh, you know, you just just keep that uh, keep that crystal ball on your desk, uh, <laughs> and and keep your eye on that that global operating system for international trade because that's uh, that sounds like a that sounds like a like a good idea. Um, uh, Oscar, I'd like to thank you for um, for sharing your knowledge on uh, on 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 digital transformation on. Um, well, they used to call data lakes. I think we have data oceans by now. Right, um, right, definitely. Uh, and uh, you know, and the and the way how and the way how machine learning and artificial in, in intelligence will uh, will help. Um, um, yeah, I guess propel global trade into the into the twenty second century. Thank you, Martin, for having me. It, Thank it was you. a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog on logisticsmatter.com. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, please send an email to podcast at logisticsmatter.com. This podcast was produced by Dimitri Vleugel. The music is based on a sample by Rockerman and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was sponsored by Sifty. Sifty applies machine learning to sift through thousands of data points in seconds, reducing repetitive tasks and saving time for customs brokers. With this approach, Sifty will change the flow of information in international trade to make it better together. For more information, visit siftyml.com.